This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Would you like us to assign someone to worry your mother? Hello, kitties. We're going to have a good time together. You have a look on your face that's like, you're waiting for the next stupid thing to come out of my mouth. Is that always the look on my face? I know. I guess that's why I'm so used to it. Well, apparently not if you're going to interrupt yes, your flow to talk we about have, it. We have a great show. We're talking with Alex from Sickert Hollow. And I think it's one that you want to see the video for since he talked to us on the side of the road in Montana. I totally agree. It was awesome. And yeah, listening back to it, um, it's a really nice conversation. It was an awesome conversation. And it was really cool. Yeah. And I'm eager to see them when they come around these these parts. I agree. You know, uh, interesting combination of bluegrass and everything, I think. Mm-hmm. And they have a new record out right now, wherever you get your records. Yes. Um, are you caught up in the summer tour hype yet? No. I feel like everybody and their mother has announced a tour in the past they have. month or so. By the way, is your mother going out this summer? On tour? Yes. With you, yes. Yes, exactly. Wherever uh, you go, she'll be there. But I guess today was the pre-sale for Taylor Swift tickets. Oh my gosh. Did you, did, Randy, did you get picked for pre-sale? Oh, I just broke her heart. Oh. Um, if it makes her feel better, apparently. Like Ticketmaster went down and a bunch of people got like sent out right before they got them too. Oh. Which would be way worse than just. That is way worse than. Yeah, I was going to say, I was seeing stuff about the internet shutting down. Yeah, Randy stole your thunder. Look at that. Randy oh, was like more on top of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess Pink is touring. Okay. Which other people in the house are more excited than I, I am. But Brandy Carlisle is opening, which I'm like, oh, okay. So it'll be fun. Those yeah. will be a good. That'll be a good show. And then Peter Gabriel is apparently touring Europe. I love that the way you said that. It was like you was like you're saying like Peter Gint, like you didn't pronounce the T. Like Sorry. you're going for a whole like. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Russian fairy tale. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I was thirsty. Mm. Peter Gabriel is touring Europe this summer. And I guess the expectation is that we'll move into a fall tour. And I haven't seen anything about the band, but I feel like we should probably assume that our friend David Sanchez is going to be there. I would think, right? So I'll have to drop him a line, find yes, out what he's we'll up have to. to. Check in with him. Um, yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of music news. I just got an email. Uh, Elvis Costello is going back out again. Your buddy. My buddy. After doing, it's supposed to be, I think it's 200 songs in five nights in New York. Ooh. Not repeating a song. That's amazing. And then right after that, let's get the band together. Mm. Um, it's like fish. It is, yeah. But... No, I'm not going to make any qualifiers because someone's <laughs> going to get mad. It's okay. Um, yeah. So already our summer concert money has already been spent, I feel like. I'm no surprise there. Yeah. But I didn't go to the, what was it? The Monsters of Rock. What did they call that one? The Poison. Oh, I don't room. remember what it was actually called, but it was so good. And they are going out again too, I believe. I think so, but no McMars. Yes. And you I saw heard... him on the final 
I know, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. And there's rumors they're trying to replace Vince Neil, but that'll be stupid. They shouldn't do that. It's is it Motley Crue without him? Didn't no. Didn't everybody pretty soundly say in 1994 or five that Motley Crue without Vince Neil is not Motley Crue? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Motley Crue without any of them is not actually Motley Crue. But the Mick Mars thing, you can kind of give a pass because he's not, you know, can't right. help it. Right. And he, at least outwardly, he is the one saying, removing himself from the... Correct. And, oh, it's definitely him. And okaying the, the backup or the replacement. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice. I feel like... I haven't been to a show in three weeks, so I feel like we've fallen Ooh, into this. It's been a little of, while. We're in this rut. What's wrong yeah. with us? We haven't sen- seen anything in a while. I know, but um, there's something, and we're out of town the weekend of like the uh, Marky Ramon Christmas show, oh. which I'm like the elder would love this. Oh my god, the elder would totally love it. But I think in December, uh, I'm going to see Lord Jane Grace with a friend of ours nice which i'm not familiar with a lot of her stuff but Mm -hmm. small club sounds fun perfect and then uh i had to because they're only doing two shows that 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 makes up a tour apparently yes um the surviving member of big star is playing they're doing all of uh what is i'm gonna screw up the name now number one record i believe i think so something like that they're doing the whole album with Pat Sandstone from Wilco and Mike Mills from REM. Well, that's just a and happy little day yeah. for you. Just before Christmas, let's listen to the saddest pop record ever made. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. It's not just like listening to Charlie Brown Christmas. It's the same thing. Oh my God, I love that record. Have you seen there's a box <sighs> set? I can't. I hate that record. Really? I love the movie. I The music makes me feel so depressed i can't even stand it that's what makes it great isn't it i does make it great because i don't want to be depressed i guess this is we've talked about bummer christmas yes so i guess this drives me crazy so i need to like i need everything i can get to make me not be bummed out oh well wait till you hear the set list we have set up for this year's christmas show will it make it all better probably not but it's (laughs) There's going to be pokas. That's all I can say. Up from the hilltops, high in the trees. The sun is shining bright and I'm Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How's it going, Star? My service is really spotty. Um, we're out here on the side of the road in Montana. Unfortunately, there wasn't like a great place to stop. So I hope it, uh, I hope it doesn't cut out on us. So far, so good. And it looks a lot nicer where you were than the two places that we are. So yes. <laughs> It's beautiful out here. Yeah, oh literally, God. like it's been like service has been cut i'm sorry about that so hopefully hopefully it uh it doesn't uh cut out at all but yeah i mean we literally are deep in the mountains right now i have no idea where we are honestly but <laughs> it is it is quite it is quite breathtaking i might say do you guys usually know where you are 
typically, but in Montana, man, these drives are such long stretches and like, they're yeah. so, I mean, it's insane, honestly, like, a, you know, 30 minutes ago, we were by some little town on this huge lake and then, you know, fast forward on now and we're deep in these mountains and it's, I don't know, it's beautiful though. It's breathtaking. Yeah. I'm assuming you're touring. You're not just on a car or yeah. like a road trip. <laughs> no, no, no. We're touring right now. Yeah, we just got done. We played in Bozeman, Missoula, and Whitefish. So we did three shows with a band called Spafford, opening up for them, which all went incredible. They were uh, amazing shows. So it's been three late nights, and we got up this morning, and now we're hightailing it to Billings, Montana, where we have a show tomorrow. So we got a, a, a long drive today, but a night off. So nice. we'll get rested up. See, so, that would be the worst part for me. I, w I would not be able to rest. I'd be like, we've got a night off in this town. I'm going to see stuff. I agree with you. And honestly, people uh, have kind of warned us about Billings. I don't know. They were like <laughs> weird warnings. So I'm like, I don't know what to expect. But honestly, like, I got to take care of myself out here. And we got to play a, a two-set show tomorrow night. And I got to sing. And like the, my, the air out here, when I got here to Bozeman, my throat started getting scratchy. So I've been trying to maintain health. And uh, I think tonight will be uh, an early one because, I mean, the past three nights, just staying till the end of Spafford set to sell merch. I mean, we were up till we wouldn't get back to the hotel or where we were staying at till one forty-five or oh, two yeah. in the morning, you know? So it's been a marathon, but we're doing it. It's been a great time out here. Very that's grateful awesome. to be out here. Yeah. And that's got to be hard for you as the singer. I mean, like Bono just says tea and tea is brought to him, but like you, <laughs> right. You got to talk to people. You can't rest your voice completely. You actually have to go out and interact that's with people. That's a huge part of it. And I'm a really social guy. And like after the show, you know, it's loud and everybody's you're having to project your voice more like I'll my throat will hurt after a lot of shows. But I have a not a strict regimen, but there's things that I do and things that I bring on the road that um, I've found that help my throat. So I bring like a steamer with me. It boils water and it's like a mouthpiece and I can plug it into the wall. And it's like just inhaling steam helps a lot. I keep a lot of cough drops and um, holistic stuff. You got to figure yeah. out what works for you. Cause otherwise so my, my voice will be, my voice will go, you know? Yeah. So how much of the sets are you playing some of the new stuff? Cause the record's not out yet. It's coming out. Yeah. Records records, not out. We've been playing a lot of the new stuff. Uh, some songs more than others, which is, um, it's been kind of cool. Cause some of these songs we took for a spin a while ago, live before they were kind of like solidified how we wanted them and how we presented them on the album so we play we've been playing like face the wreckage just came out we've been playing that one and i swear people have seen us play it before but now they're like what's that new song so it's like <laughs> it's interesting that you know to see them grow and advance and now yeah we have been playing pretty much all of them and um yeah it's been super fun and they're get they're stretching out more live, and we're kind of getting our you know getting our bearings with them because it takes a little bit. You know, you kind of gotta get used to them in the live setting, and I feel like we're finally getting comfortable with a lot of them. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been cool, and it's been well received. I think people have really been enjoying the new stuff. It's like the the audience is catching up. Right. That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah, it's been great. When you guys were oh sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Nope, go ahead. I was gonna say you know before you went into the studio to record the record, did you put all these songs out there? Is that how you guys write? Sort of you, you have a song and then you put it on the stage and kind of see what works, what doesn't, how the, 
how you guys just interact as you're playing with it? It depends on the song. I mean, pretty much so far, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, because I mean, if a, if a tune comes to the table, like, we like to change up our sets every show. So it just adds more to the, re like, you know, to our arsenal of tunes. So yeah, we will start playing them. But I think in the future, we'll, because typically, like, we write, I'll write a tune, anything I lyrically, or anything I sing, I wrote, anything Will sings, he wrote. And then, after there's the structure, we'll take it to the band and Matt, who plays violin, will come in and, and Parrish, who plays bass, will come in with ideas of like structure and um, maybe like adding some more theoretical stuff or ways to, you know, spice it up a bit. But we typically have been playing just because we've been playing live so much and it's fun to change it up. So um, I think in the future, though, we will try to do more collaborative stuff and like write all together and maybe not play, maybe like not show anybody any of it before we release it you know so everything's like completely fresh mm -hmm. but um that's how we've been doing it uh, thus far it's amazing to hear like the different ways bands do collaborate and bring it together and how some people are so strict on like nope no one can see it or hear it till it's done even it's, within the band right it's interesting because it's like being vulnerable and like finding like a, um, a groove so when i'm and you know i'm trying to i'm trying to write with people more because i think you can practice that muscle in your brain to like um kind of know how to navigate that those more collaborative efforts but lyrically that's my thing i like to write lyrics first and then i can't and, and then after that once the lyrics are done then i can kind of collaborate on the, the music but i haven't found a way re like yet to like really um write lyrically with someone so i'm trying to you know i'm trying to work on it and open up more but um me and will have done some co-writes with lyrics that have been great a we have a couple tunes but um i think in the future we'll definitely try to do more of that awesome. i feel like the lyrics are more vulnerable like i feel like those yeah are you know right right and it's like if i'm writing about some experience i've had in in this trying to portray it in this way or, or deliver this message you know it's I don't, it's, it would be weird for me to try to bring someone in on that. Cause like I'm writing off of my experience, you know? Right. So maybe yeah. we need to find other subject matter where we can, you know, which I don't know, I guess that would come into trying to do some exercises, maybe just pick a topic and like, okay, let's just try to write about some random stuff. There's a lot of what I write about is just like what I've been through in life, you know, sure. not like fictional stuff or, you know, I don't know. So. Right, what you know. Has that always been the way with you, with your writing? Or did you kind of have to kind of build up that confidence to let it all hang out as it were? Um, that's just how it's been since the beginning. And I didn't really start writing until I was like, I'm 27 right now. When I was 21 or 22. And I didn't start singing or like showing anybody any of that until about, yeah, around 22, 23, because I moved to, nashville and i was around all these people who were just like openly demonstrating all of their talents which in nashville there was quite a bit of people around me who were incredible at guitar whatever instrument you know and it was like super inspiring so like being around people like that made it easy for me to be vulnerable and present you know what i what i wrote and then people started liking it so then your confidence gets built up a little bit and then it, now i don't care you know now whatever i love it so much like i believe in what i write so I think I think a lot of it has a positive message that some that people can get something out of. So, and you, and you know, if you don't, you don't got to listen to it. So, <laughs> so true. It's just that, yeah. <laughs> so. 
it's uh, Nashville's always so fascinating with that too because you hear that constantly but it's again one of those things that could go either way right you're around right. so much talent and you either get on that train and like grow together or you could be completely intimidated by it and be like oh no the, there's like too much talent in this town I can't I can't deal it's crazy living in Nashville and even think that we're out here touring and doing this like it feels so surreal because there's so many people trying to do what we're doing in our town and a lot of people that I know. And it's just like, you know, you never know if they're going to leave Broadway or whatever their gig is that they're doing in town. And like sometimes people catch a break and you find your groove and if the door opens a little bit, like kick it down and run, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of different equations that go into that also. And like, we're so fortunate to have the pieces of the puzzle, I think, because it's like, guys who are, are willing to go and do this like this is exhausting what we're doing which but it's yeah. the dream but you got to be down to like rough it out you know for a while and <laughs> mm-hmm. make a lot of make a lot of sacrifices but we somehow found our sound and like people in nashville liked it and we saw success pretty early in nashville which i think a lot of people move there and they're like trying to do this thing like that everybody's trying to do like i moved there and i was just going to school and just trying to like figure out anything to do i didn't go there to start a band and like organically we formed and i think that draws people in more you know it's like we didn't force any of it like it just happened we didn't ask for it and yeah so just like i don't know it's interesting but i'm very grateful that we have the opportunity to maybe you know make a career out of this and like do this for a living and um that's the national dream you know people flock there by the thousand to do it so yeah we do not take it for granted, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, I wanted to read you something that was in your press release, and not just to prove to uh, John, your press guy, that we actually read the stuff he sends us. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it describes you as psychedelic punk grass rockers. Right. Which, which, which one are you? All the above, honestly. <laughs> everybody, everybody in the band doesn't come from, like, a bluegrass background, you know? everybody. We all grew up on various things i mean it's a it's a melting pot of genres and bluegrass was not one of those really i mean maybe a little bit for parish but parish grew up in texas um but he's a funk bass player i grew up on punk will grew up who's a mandolin player he grew up on like punk and rock and 80s hair i mean 80s hair metal motley Crue's his favorite band you know well that explains why he picked up the mandolin sure absolutely it's a natural progression (laughs) (laughs) well well, he was an electric he still plays guitar he was a guitar player and when we started the band we needed a mandolin player and he was like well shit i guess i'll give it a shot and that was five years ago and like you know he had the ability to play guitar so it wasn't like starting from scratch but you're picking a new instrument and like he hit it hard, and now it's like he's a great mandolin player. So it's a, it's incredible what you, what you can do, especially with the guys around us. Everybody kind of pushes pushes each other, but all of our genres and our influences. I think that makes our sound original because now Parrish is playing electric bass with us, um, and he will st- he will c- keep on playing upright for some songs, but the for our more jammy stuff, I mean he's doing funk slap bass over bluegrass stuff, and like awesome. I've never I've never seen a band do anything like that so it's cool to be able to like bring all of our influences to the table and see what we we can create in this string band medium you know well i feel like nashville at least what i've seen is a very much a can be a bit of a uh putting various artists into buckets and right we, we know this works we know this doesn't 
you know, listening to the record, it sounds amazing, but it, you know, and, and you guys don't seem like a band that easily fits into a bucket. So it sort of almost right. seems like a double, double bullseye that you're able to have the success to get out there to, like you said, like actually go out on the road and prove it, you know, all night, as the song says. Right. Um, did you guys find yourself being pigeonholed at all or being forced to try to drop, you know, playing girls, girls, girls every night on the mandolin? <laughs> so no, <good. laughs> not at all. I, mean, we, we, I think we just have done whatever we felt like we wanted to. You know, everybody has a voice in it. Like, we don't feel like we have to do anything because we don't. You know, I think that's what draws people into us also is like it is us. And if it's not us and we can't do it, then, you know, or we can't do the tune justice or whatever, then we won't do it. You know, um, mm -hmm. we you know, everybody has a say in it and everybody like especially with picking cover tunes and stuff, which we need to kind of vamp up our our cover tune uh, repertoire. But um, it's fun finding the songs that we arrange and they're like. I feel like people can kind of recognize them as like, that's a sacred hollow arrangement or it feels like it's us, you know, because mm -hmm. that's like how we play. We, we play how we learn. And we, you know, we really just started learning. I started learning bluegrass five years ago. So um, it's cool just teaching ourselves together and seeing what happens. So I don't know. I think we found our sound pretty early on because of that. And it's uh, I think that's also taken us further where people are like, Oh, I haven't really heard something like that. So I don't know. People are curious when they hear us. So it's been good. That's yeah. awesome. Have you noticed as you've gone from state to state on the tour, the response being different as far as, okay, Montana totally rocks or Kansas Montana so great. is stoked on the bluegrass and on the jam grass. Every show has been rowdy. Bozeman was incredible. A ton of friends. I mean, we had, it was, th these venues have been great. And like people have shown up last night was a Monday night in Whitefish, Montana. I'm like, who the hell is going to be out here? People came out and were partying. Awesome. It was, it was insane. So yeah, we've been doing really well. I, this is one of the better runs we've had exposure wise and just connecting with another band, like the Spafford guys, like we used to see, you know, we all have been seeing them for a while and to get to, you know, share a space with them and, they were so cool a shout out to those guys straight up they gave us like a lot of solid advice on like nice. like what they've been through their trials and tribulations which we haven't really had i've never really had a band a band that we've opened up for kind of pull us aside and be like hey if you need anything like here's my phone number like i got you i promise that you know shit might get wonky or whatever call me and like we can talk about it because i've probably been there so it's like it's been super inspiring here in montana and the crowd's been incredible so Hopefully, and in Billings tomorrow, we'll uh, we'll see the same. But we're just doing a show by ourselves tomorrow, so um, it was nice having this Spafford, who's way you know they're well known. Um, so they would bring people out. So we'll see how tomorrow goes. But I have high hopes. It'll be good. Yeah. Is there any place in the country that shocks you that the love and appreciation of bluegrass is not what you expected? I'm trying to think. I feel like there is, but I can't, I can't pinpoint one. I mean, I think like it always shocks me because everywhere we go and I'm not trying to say this and people like what we do. And last night, like we had people come up and, and this happens at every show and they go, I hate bluegrass, but I love what you, but I love what you guys just did. And I'm like, you know that I take that time. I wish you did like bluegrass because it's an amazing, it's incredible. Right. But maybe we can bridge that gap and lead them, you know, 
to be more inclined to listen to that stuff or not. And they just enjoy what we do, which makes me super happy anyway. So um, a lot of places blow my mind like that. But I think we convert people over to it's a more kind of a more um, digestible and not maybe not that's not the right word, but I think people get entertained watching us in our, and it's like it's not traditional. Uh, you know, it's not as cut in to the T. It's it's kind of flowy and we're, you know, navigating different jam spaces. So, um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you one place, but it happens quite often where uh, I, I'm surprised by people's reactions. Huh. That's interesting, too, like so many of the like the I don't know the genres that are just generationally been here forever, like the foundational genres get so pigeonholed and people get so afraid of it. Like they hear, right. you know, one song and they think, or whatever, however many, and they think that's all it is. And I'm, you right. know, I can't handle the twang or whatever it is, right. but yeah, add a little punk and a little bass, a little, little heavy metal. A lot of bass, else. honestly, <laughs> we've been adding a lot of bass recently. He's been going off on the slaps. It's been cool. That's but yeah, awesome. I agree with you, you know, um, I definitely agree with you with the bluegrass thing. Cause like people do get stuck in, you know, and, the um, it is a very strict, uh, if you're like really into, into traditional, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't like anything but that and think it's right. sacrilegious to like change it up at all, Sure. but you have to, everything needs to progress. And like that stuff can still be around as, and all the new stuff can be around too. You know, there's room for it all. Right. Yeah. Bluegrass can be a big exist, tent. Right? Yeah. Right you know so uh, you guys excited i mean i'm assuming you're excited about the new record you're happy with it you're oh i'm so stoked i've been ready to get it out for a while man I, i'm impatient so i can't november 11th cannot come quick enough I'm how long excited. how long have you guys been sitting on it when did you record it we recorded it in february but that was just like we got all the tracking done and it's just um it's taken a little while. We were going to release it earlier, but it just wasn't the most strategic move. And there's a proper way to do things. And we're figuring all that out. You know, this is all a learning process. This I've never done. This is the second studio record I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And this is the first band I've ever played with that we've actually played and done, you know, first touring band I've ever been. And I was in a little middle school band that we didn't, you know, we couldn't even play a song, but I, I wouldn't count that. You know, this is like the, <laughs> us figuring out how to be a business, the ins and the outs of it, and like how to properly do things um, where they'll, it will benefit us more than if we would have dropped it like four months ago and just did nothing to try to promote it or whatever. So I think waiting has been good, but it's uh, to go and answer your question, it's been like completely done. Like we got the masters and everything maybe like um, two months ago. I don't know, not pretty, relatively recently. So um, still a say, while yeah, maybe two months ago. But still too long if you're eager to get it out there. Yeah, I'm patient, you know, and uh, I don't know how long it takes people to typically record a record and drop it like on bigger bands. You know, I don't know that whole process. So, um, but November's coming up. It's it's about to be, it's about to get here, but I, I'm super stoked for people to hear it. Did your uh, middle school band have a really pretentious name like most middle school bands? I can't even remember what our oh. middle school name was. <gasps> Actually, this is terrible. I didn't make this name. It was uh, Bombing Arizona was the name. I have no idea why it was that. All my, right. My buddy That's a good one. Played. And yeah, we did never play, never played a show. You know, I never, I didn't take music seriously when I was younger. And it took me, I quit for a long time and just started partying hard and had to take a step back. And uh, 
I re-taught myself guitar when I was like 20 and found a passion in it, a, like a burning passion in it when I was probably like 22, I'd say. So it's been an interesting journey, but shout out to the middle school band. I wish we would have stuck with it. Oh, burning Arizona, you can always have that reunion tour that <laughs> you never did the first time. They wish I they'd stuck to, right? to it. <laughs> yes. Brightest of Days by Sickard Hollow is available right now wherever you get your music. For more information to find out when they are playing near you, check out their website, sickardhollow.com. For more information, check out her website, happyhoffman.com. That's H-A-P-P-I-E. She is also on Instagram, where she is at happy.hoffman. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvet and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. If you walk in with intention every day